0: You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with
1: AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for
0: access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back The Fix. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. We are live inside the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Plenty of Sixers talk here to start the show, and it's time to head on over to the gridiron and talk some birds. John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider, joins me every night at this time, 7.30. For your football fix, follow John at jfmcmullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday at 10 a.m. John, how we doing?
1: Doing well. How are you doing, Ryan?
0: Doing well, man. Doing well. Um, so we... Detailed the offense, position by position, and now here we go. Let's talk some defense, John.
1: Defense. A new defense. No Jim Swartz. So a lot of Eagles fans will be excited just from that aspect of it. A little tired of Jim Swartz.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not gonna take long for those fans to, to regain their tiredness with the with the new regime, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I will see. Jonathan Gannon is the new defensive coordinator, and like uh, like a lot of this coaching staff, you really don't know much about. Um, really going to be tested, first time defensive coordinator. Uh, spent a lot of time with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. Spent a lot of time with Matt Everflows and uh, in, in Indianapolis. So going to be his first opportunity to handle an NFL defense, and we'll see what he can do with it. It starts, you know, when, when you talk about what he's inheriting, it's going to start with that defensive line, and and there's still some good players on, on that group, although uh, a little bit of age starting to creep in, so um, it's going to be interesting to have a, a lot of decisions to make, no question about it.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the defensive line. And, I, you know, we talked offensive line last night. And I think this defensive line, John, is very comparable to the offensive line with, you know, personnel and some question marks, age, injuries, right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Certainly the strength. And that's, you know, kind of understandable uh, because it's been built that way. So uh, even in the down year, um, you look at the defensive line and, and see Brian Graham and see Fletcher Cox, most notably, um, and say it's still a, a pretty good group. And I think when you add Javon Hargrave into there, remember, kind of got off to a slow start moving over uh, from um, a 3-4 read and react in Pittsburgh into a 4-3 attack and defense. But he got he got better. Uh, as the season wore on, so you expect him to do some things. Uh, Josh Swett, Um he, he had sort of a, I don't want to call it a breakthrough year, but a very effective year as a, a rotational player. Uh, and then I think the biggest question mark is Derek Barnett because um, the, the Eagles have a tough decision to make there. He's on his fifth-year option. He's scheduled to make a heck of a lot of money. Uh, and they probably want to work out an extension, but it remains to be seen as we creep up on March 17th. It's going to be really difficult for him uh, to do something at 10 million dollars a year. That's what he's scheduled to make a little bit more. Uh, and they have to get that number down. No question about it.
0: Fletcher Cox, you know, we're starting to hear whispers and I'm not saying they're they're credible ones, but you know, is he going to return to form? And I say, listen, the guy gets doubled and triple teamed every every snap. I mean, is it just that simple, or is there more to that, John?
1: No, I, he was very effective. I, you know, I I think people look at defensive linemen and and, and look, they look at sacks and uh, especially an interior defensive linemen. Unless you're going to compare compare people to Aaron Donald, which is not fair. I, I mean, that's Uh, one of the best defensive linemen of all time, to be honest. He's so uh, dominant, and, you know, Fletcher's not that. But, again, he's been in the conversation of being in that next group of defensive tackles for a long time there. I think he's still there. I think he's still a dominant player. Um, But he's the guy on this team that is going to get double teams. And he's the guy – Opposing offensive coordinators look at and, and that's where they start their game plan. every game plan against the Eagles defense starts with blocking Fletcher Cox and, and then to a lesser degree, uh, Brandon Graham. That's where every single uh, opposing team starts.
0: All right, so how how does the team look to improve? this group. Uh, Let's start with the draft. Is there anything there? And it doesn't have to be at the sixth uh, overall pick, but uh, what do they do, if anything, through the draft?
1: Yeah, I mean, they just have to start turning things over. Again, I I think the biggest question is, what do you do with Derek Barnett? How do you work it out? Do you do the extension? Um, If the Eagles are, are able to do that, uh, I think they're in a really good position on the edge. You know Brandon Graham is going to rework his deal, so he's going to be back. Uh, you still have Josh Schwett, Uh but it's time to move on from Vinny Curry. Um, so you're talking about a, a 33-year-old guy uh, in Vinny Curry, and obviously you're in a transition phase. We've, we've used that term a lot because – that's the term that that Jeffrey Lurie used. So uh, you got to take him on his word. This team is is shifting a little bit, so it, it gives you a little bit of an opening uh, to develop a, a another younger player. Um, but you're not looking for a guy. He's going to take even you know 60 percent of the snaps. You're really looking for a guy who who can be in that twenty. Thirty range, 30 percent range, uh, and there's a lot of talented edge rushers in this draft. Sort of in, in the middle rounds, there's not a lot of slam dunks. Um, as as I mentioned earlier this week, there's no, there's not going to be any edge rushers in the top ten, but there's a a lot of good players that you could get later in the draft. And one guy I've looked at is Patrick Jones from Pitt. Just very similar uh, body wise to Josh Sweat, and that's what you want. You want those long, lanky guys, and if you get somebody like that in the third round, I-, I think that's what the Eagles need to do: start repopulating the back end of the roster with guys who have a ceiling and can not can, can get better.
0: Talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at jf McMullen si.com is where you can find all of John's written work. Uh, let's go back to the, you know, the defensive end position, and you know, you mentioned Barnett and uh, Josh Sweat. L- let's go back to those two guys and anyone else that you want to bring up there. Josh Sweat's interesting. I mean, what type of role do you really envision him having? I know that's hard to predict.
1: Well, I I think a lot of it depends on on what what goes on with Derek Barnett. Uh, And, you know, if Derek's not here, uh, and if for some reason he can't work anything out, you have to go in a different direction. You simply can't afford, uh, as I said, $10 million. Then all of a sudden, Josh Sweat is a starting defensive end. And that's when you would say to yourself, okay, he needs to step up in a big way as far as uh, as playing time and and really I, I mean, you could make a strong argument from the way they played last year and remember derek Barnett has has struggled with injuries with uh especially early in the season was was ramping up uh and got better and better but you you can make a strong case for just pure uh efficacy that josh Wett played better than Derek Barnett and that's another interesting part of it because You do have uh, a new coaching staff, and and Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, is new. Tracy Rocker, the defensive line coach, is new. Uh, So they don't have any skin in the game that says, okay, Derek Barnett's a former first-round pick. We're going to default to him. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. In theory, they're just going to look at these two players and say, okay, who's better? And Josh Sweat's going to have an opportunity to seize even more playing time,
0: I think. All right, so new D.C., Gannon. And we've talked about this, you know, a few times, maybe a month ago at this time, maybe longer. But how will that impact the defense? What will change? Who can you maybe anticipate on thriving under a new regime? Who could struggle? You know, everything that comes with a change.
1: I mean, you know, Fletcher and Brandon are just good players. Uh, I mean, they're going to be good in any scheme. I, I think if you look at uh, you look at the history of Gannon and, and where he's been, maybe a little bit less wide nine um, when the Eagles just pin their ears back and just rush the passer and more of a, a Mike Zimmer type philosophy, which is uh, more disciplined uh, and and stressing. Uh, stay in your rushing lanes, and maybe that's not as sexy at times. Um, And and if you look at that standpoint, the younger players will have a chance to prove themselves because sometimes, especially when when it's rushing the passer, uh, it's tough to be disciplined. And we all know how many dual-threat quarterbacks there are in this league now. A lot of times, if you're just going to be Jason Babin back in the day – rushing the passer and, and and not even thinking about keeping uh, your discipline and helping the guy next to you, it, it could it could hurt the defense in a big way. So I think the biggest difference on the line as a whole is going to be more disciplined. They're going to be asked to be a little bit more disciplined. Um, and we'll see. I mean, sometimes that's difficult, especially coming from uh, a philosophy that was so aggressive-minded. These guys are used to kind of tearing it loose and, they're going to be asked to scale it back
0: at least a little bit. Scaling it back is fine as long as, uh, you know, we get some consistency. And, you know, obviously injuries have played a huge part on both sides of the ball here uh, for the team. And, listen, blitzing, the fans that scream about blitzing, John, you and I talk about this a lot. <laughs> We're not going to see all-out blitzes, are we? Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I I mean, uh, a lot of people have thought, uh, because again, we go back to Zimmer and he's famous for for those A gap looks. And I think everyone is excited about that, where they kind of mug the two linebackers up on both sides of the center. Um, And, you know, it's been a very effective defense for a long time. But the vast majority, if you watch his defenses, the vast majority is. Uh, guys bailing out in the coverage uh and, and trying to uh, fool the quarterback that way. You might send a linebacker, but you're gonna drop off a defensive end in a in a zone blitz look. So ultimately you're you're still rushing for that's the goal. But it might be a little bit different. It might be a little bit of a change up, so to speak. Um but yeah if you're looking for a, a philosophy where those edge linebackers are coming off blitzing uh, all the time, yeah, you're not going to see that.
0: All right, one more uh, for you for the defense, and then I want to get to a couple articles you have out, new articles out, uh, and there's a lot there. So what area on the defense do you – anticipate the team focusing in on the most, meaning addressing the most uh, this offseason?
1: Uh, probably the secondary. I mean, they have so many questions uh, in the secondary, not only uh, from the change, and we talked about the change uh, on the coaching staff, and with have a, a new secondary coach in Philadelphia as well, and Denard Wilson. Uh, So you have all the new looks. Plus, you have so many question marks on the back end. Remember, Jalen Mills is a free agent after moving to safety. Um, Again, as I just mentioned, he had that long history, and the prior coaching staff really liked him as a player. Now he doesn't have a history. So who knows if he's even going to be back. Rodney McLeod tours ACL very late in the season, December. Um, How healthy is he going to be week one? So you need bodies at safety corner. Are they even going to move forward with Darius Slay because of his price? Uh, and maybe he wants to play somewhere else. And he's really your only constant at the cornerback position. Um, Avante Maddox was really bad on the outside. Uh, ultimately, I think they'll move him back in the slot corner, and that means Mikhail Roby Coleman's not going to be back. Gravon LeBlanc's probably not going to be back. Um, A lot of changes in the secondary.
0: And we'll be talking about the secondary uh, in the next coming shows, if not tomorrow, early next week. All right, John, you have a new article out on phillyvoice.com and a new article out uh, on Sports Illustrated at si.com. And let's start with that one. Um, Jason Peters. He's, you know, he talked about Carson Wentz on Good Morning Football, and he also talked about his future. So, fill us in on on what you wrote.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Jason uh, wants to play, um, and, and he understands. I mean, he's thirty nine years old, and if you think about last year, the Eagles had planned to move on, and I think that was one of the mistakes and. Um, one of the issues with the pandemic, and they sort of changed their minds because of the lack of an offseason. It said, ah, let's bring him back, especially after Brandon Brooks got hurt. Because remember, the original plan, people forget he was going to play right guard as Brandon Brooks' the replacement. Uh, then all of a sudden, Andre Dillard gets hurt in training camp, and he's got to kick back out the left tackle. Um, and He didn't play up to his normal um you know, even forget about Pro Bowl, All Pro, potential Hall of Famer Jason Peters. That if you look at him as an aging player who's still pretty effective uh, up until last season, he did not play well. Uh, and we'll see if he gets any bites. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of teams in this league that need a left tackle, uh, but how many of them need a 39 year old left tackle? It's going to be interesting if there's any fits for him. You, in theory, you would think uh, a playoff contender that needs a left tackle might bite and say, "Okay, let's let's bring him in for a year and see what he can do, and maybe he's better than what we have." But 39 years old, it's going to be difficult for him, and it, and it's the Eagles are not going to do that 180 again. So Jason's not going to be back, and he he kind of understands that, and he. he he, he made that pretty clear on good morning football today.
0: Are you surprised he wants to come back for another season?
1: Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, how can I put this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold <laughs> Actually, back.
1: Actually, <laughs> uh, one of the issues, unfortunately, is um, uh, Jason has not been uh, good with his money. So, he, he I, you know, in, in theory, you would think somebody who has played that long and, been paid so much money uh is really well off and it it, unfortunately it's not the case
0: gotcha okay that's uh that's always just a shame and Whatever. There's a lot there that we could get into, but we won't spend time doing that. But um, okay, that that checks out and makes a lot of sense. So he's he's going to return and keep going until he can't anymore. All right. Let's go over to the Philly Voice article. And, you know, this is separate from what we've been discussing over the past couple of nights. But I think it's interesting. And before the Eagles officially hired Nick Sirianni, of course, it was all about the head coaching search. And we've we talked plenty about Deuce Staley, and you wrote about this uh, today on phillyvoice.com, so fill us in there. It really just talks about Deuce finally potentially getting a chance to eventually become uh, you know, head coach somewhere.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's another unfortunate situation, I think, if you talk about Deuce Staley and how long he's been here, and yeah, you know, I kind of put. I, I I try to think about it myself, and it, it's interesting because I use that term, and it's, you know, the Eagles and Jeffrey Laurie had Deuce Staley for 17 years, and essentially they had Nick Sirianni for 17 hours, and, and they thought one guy was better than the other guy, and I I don't know how you can be Deuce Staley and not be offended by that, to be honest. Um, and if you saw some of the things Dan Campbell said, he, he's got to be excited uh, because Dan Campbell, uh, if you look at where he came from in New Orleans, Sean Payton groomed him to be a head coach, and he wants to do that for Deuce Staley. So it's a great situation for him, and the Eagles just didn't value him to that point. And it's kind of it's got to be sad for
0: him. Yeah and that's um, I, I don't know what to make of that because it's been the complete opposite for Jeffrey Laurie and the Eagles. They've been too loyal where it's been a downfall and they've helped they went out of their way to help out you know quote unquote their own uh, and they just never wanted to throw Deuce into the fire
1: yeah and it's weird and i compared it to to the coaching staff as well with doug peterson and and their their counterintuitive notion with doug peterson when it came to the coaching staff so what they kind of say behind the scenes is well doug didn't really have a varied history uh as a coach he he essentially uh started with andy uh Andy Reed here and never left andy Reid's side and what does that mean? Well, that means he didn't get to know a lot of assistant coaches around the league. So there was this, and and what they said about Nick Sirianni is he's he was around. He was in Kansas City with Todd Haley. He went to uh, the Chargers and 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 learned about people there. He went to uh, Indianapolis, obviously. <laughs> and I I I I heard that thought process, and I'm thinking to myself. You know, it's kind of what I said when we were talking about the quarterbacks, the the rookie quarterbacks, and people are insulting uh, Justin Fields uh, or Mac Jones for never coming off their their first progression because they haven't had to. And and I'm like, why would you want a coach to essentially, even, even if it wasn't his fault, if you're leaving a coaching staff because that coaching staff gets fired or you're not getting picked up, why, why would you want somebody to do that? It, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me. So you want him to get fired in other places so he learns more about other assistant coaches? <laughs> right. I, 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 It's kind of like I'm describing it to you. That's how I, I took it. I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense to me. But that's what the Eagles felt. And they felt sort of the same way, and you extrapolate that out with Deuce Daly, uh, Jeffrey Lurie said when he hired Nick Sirianni, I think Deuce Daly's got to go somewhere else and, and and learn things and check more. Body. It's weird. It is weird, Ryan. It is weird.
0: Beyond weird. <laughs> it's it's beyond weird. Uh, and, and we'll leave it at that, at least for tonight. Uh, I want to get to a couple other things with you, John. Cam Johnston, what's up with the punter, man?
1: Yeah, I mean, Cam was a restricted free agent, scheduled to be a restricted free agent. So um, that's kind of a procedural move. If you tender him, uh, you got to pay him uh, uh, more than the Eagles wanted to. Uh, So they're not going to tender him. Um, And we'll see. I mean, they can still bring him back at a lesser number. That's that's the goal. Uh, They still want to bring him back at a lesser number, But now he has the opportunity to talk to other teams and and work out a better deal because the Eagles are up against it from a salary cap standpoint. It's a very good chance they're going to lose him, but it's a punter. So it's not that important to them.
0: I mean, obviously he's not that important and um, reputable replaceable, at the least more replaceable than the other positions. But Cam's been pretty damn good, and it's not easy to just bring in a guy that you never have to worry about and can do the job and can do it well, right?
1: Well, I I think he's not as good as people think. Um, If you think, he's got a tremendously strong leg. So when you just say, kick it as far as you can, he looks really good at times. But uh, Dave Fipp has always been, and, and Dave's no longer here, but he's always had that little hand of directional kicking, always had uh, a problem, um, always said it was a work in progress. So um, those gross numbers are not as important as the directional kicking, uh, and that's where the Eagles have had a problem. And that kind of indicated, you know, they signed Jake Elliott to an extension, Rick Lovato to an extension, the long snapper, uh, and they never signed Cam to an extension. That kind of told you uh, they had some question marks about him. And it it all has to do with that directional kicking.
0: Big Ben uh, restructured the deal, and he's going to be back in Pittsburgh. Did he have a choice in the matter? Or did he just agree to, you know, okay, this is how we're going to go out uh, to the public with this, phrasing-wise?
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, and, uh, yeah, as far as, he didn't want to go anywhere else. I mean, uh, if, if you look at his um, career, and I, I obviously I think he wants to be uh, that player that starts with the Steelers, ends with the Steelers, and, and goes in the Hall of Fame. Uh, as a Steeler for his entire career. So uh, from that standpoint, he wanted it. The Steelers uh, obviously don't have a better option, but couldn't afford his contract. I mean, uh, from a salary cap number, it was just extraordinary, and it wasn't going to be able to to be done. So uh, both sides wanted to get it done from that standpoint. Now, typically, uh, Ben probably would have had a little bit more um, leverage uh, if he played well at the end of last season. But a lot of people have concerns uh, about his arm coming off the elbow surgery. It didn't seem to be the same. Um, so I, I'm not sure there would have been sort of a Phillip Rivers market for him late in his career, maybe a last season, uh, somewhere else. Um, so it, it, it worked out for both sides. And ultimately, he kind of thought it always would.
0: John McMullen every night at 7:30 on the fix for your football fix. Uh, follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen Phillyvoice.com. SI.com is where you can find all of John's written work and you can listen to him host extending the play every Saturday 10 a.m to 11 a.m. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the Jacob media YouTube channel J a k i b media John before I let you go I need your quick thought on those sixers and Joel do a 180 and be last night
1: <laughs> well it, 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 that's as big as a regular season win gets I think but it is a regular season win i you know I don't I don't think it's that important but it's exciting um and just like I didn't think the loss was that important as well but um Hey, uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. But, I mean, this it, I, I've said it from the start, this team's about the playoffs. And ultimately, how they perform in the playoffs is how they're going to be regarded. Um, you want to get the number one seed. You want to be in the best uh, uh, possible position. But this team's not about the regular season. And I'm steadfast on that.
0: I don't disagree, and uh, it's going to be interesting when they return from the All-Star break and we get closer to the postseason, but uh going to be interesting. All right, John. Thanks, man. We'll do it again to wrap up the week tomorrow night.
1: All right. Thank you, Ron.
0: Yep. There he is, Johnny Muck. All right. Plenty to dissect from that conversation. I'll recap it uh, when we come back from break and get into the second hour. On The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios. Quick break. Much more ahead.